the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Micah Koop. Hello and thank you for joining us today. You're listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. And I want to welcome you to our Church of the Week feature. Today we have in the studio with us the pastor of the River Worship Center, Pastor Conrad Palacios. We want to welcome you today, Pastor. It's great to be here. I'm so glad to be with you guys. Thanks so much for being with us. We want to we want to hear all about what's going on at the river. But before we do that, why don't you just take a minute and introduce yourself? Well, my name is Conrad Palacios. I pastored the River Worship Center on the south side of San Antonio at 317 King Avenue. And uh, I have a heart for God. I have a heart for people. And I have so much to give. And I'm 36 years old and uh, been called into the ministry from a young age. And here I am today just doing the work God has called me. I was born to do this, Mike. I know. I know you were. Um, now... A lot of people may not know this, but you're also a newlywed mm-hmm. of sorts. T- talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I just got married going on a year this March the 10th. and Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you so <laughs> much. Uh, I was blessed because I was able to get married twice, once in the Valley in West Laco, Texas, and then the next week in San Antonio. So uh, my wife has been in the ministry herself, uh, great-grandparents on both sides, grandparents, parents. I've all been in the ministry and pastoring actively. And uh, we just got married in March, and it's been beautiful. Uh, I'm learning what it is to die to yourself. It's not about you. It's about each other. Right. And Christ is right there, right in the middle. Right. So I thank God. I have a beautiful wife. She works at Incarnate Word, very well-educated. And uh, she compliments. She's my sugar because I was born with a little too much vinegar sometimes, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think that's the way a lot of women are for all of us husbands. <laughs> and uh, and we're supposed to let that relationship be a representative of Christ and his church. And exactly. that's that's so difficult sometimes. Exactly. You know, I really am willing to die for my wife. I love her that much. That's good. Well, you also mentioned that your wife is very educated, Pastor Conrad, and, and uh, I know education is something that's very important to your, to your heart as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Through hardships, my education has been interrupted, but God has honored that. And not long ago, I remember I took a trip to Boston to Harvard because I love traveling and going to institutions. I've been to Exeter and many universities, and I could just name a bunch of them. And I remember standing in Harvard Square looking around, and I heard God tell me, he said, son, I want you to go to the temple, and at this moment, I don't want to compete with your education. He said, but I'm going to give you the desire of your heart. I married my wife, very well educated, and then one day my wife comes home and says, honey, I forgot to tell you the university is affording you the opportunity to get a bachelor's degree at absolutely no cost to you. And God had ordained that time for me. Uh, also, we do have a desire to begin a school at some point in our at our ministry, and my one of my associates who's getting his doctorate in education, God has sent that my way. So I'm very passionate about learning, Micah. If it's not just formalized education, I believe we're constantly learning. The Bible says not just to read the Word, but to search the Scriptures. Right. And it's a muscle we got to work. Absolutely. And I know you, you not only work it 
uh, work that muscle in in a broad sense of education, but you also are very diligent in your study of the scriptures. I am. I, I love Hebrew. I read Hebrew. I just finished taking an online course in a university in Israel uh, on conversational Hebrew, and uh, I love it. I just I love the Greek. I uh, love studying Greek as well. And and uh, but I just read a lot. I you, you can just you know if you look around and take a little t- if you read as much as you watch TV. My goodness, how much further would we be? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now you also, Pastor Conrad, uh, you, you you've done other things other than ministry uh, mm-hmm. in, in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about your background before ministry? Well, I, I have been in church all my life, Mike, uh, Micah, and um, but I have been involved in somewhat politics. I've helped with uh, voting and helped in campaigns for councilmen. Uh, I've helped uh, shut down a strip club in my area. I've worked a little bit with the mayor of San Antonio, so I've learned to articulate myself in different venues throughout the city and learned to move, kind of like Daniel. You can't be so religious in a manner of speaking that you don't know how to speak the vernacular of the world. So, you know, it's being multidimensional. We're talking to Pastor Conrad Palacios of the River Worship Center, and and Pastor, you said something there that's so important, and I've seen you've been able to do this, but I think a lot of churches and believers— Christians, they don't understand how to engage in their culture. And what you're talking about here in in social issues, politics, mm-hmm. uh, entertainment, th- these different areas, uh, how, are, how have you been able to get your foot in the door, so to speak, and, and have some influence in these realms without compromising your faith? Well, first of all, it, you have to understand that you have to be true to yourself. You don't have to sell yourself out. Uh, people need to see Christ in a very evident way in you by way of walking in integrity. Uh, doesn't matter what kind of society you live in, people still admire stability and honesty. And if anybody is watching, it's the world. They are watching. And if anybody wants you to get your spiritual, spiritual garment tainted, it's also sure, the world. Sure. So you have, to, you have to know where you're coming from also. also. You have to be uh, well-versed in what you're presenting. You can't just come in with the whimsical idea. You have to learn to prepare yourself. And, and it's the same with the gospel. The Bible says be ready to give an answer for the hope which lies within you with meekness and respect. So in, in the world. You have to know how to present what you're saying. You have to know how to go about putting it on paper, portfolios, and things of that nature. And, and that's what I've done. I tap into what's out there. But I've learned this. The structure that the world follows is the structure of God. Mm-hmm. But Satan uses it to advance his kingdom. Absolutely. Now, now, you talked about something that you said we have to know and understand how to present material or present words or present ideas uh, the same way we understand how to present the gospel. What was your experience in coming to the Lord? How, how was the gospel presented to you? How was God made real to you uh, before you, obviously, before you des- decided to take the spiritual journey as a minister? You know, you had to be born again. What was your experience yeah. with that? Well, I grew up in the Church of Christ. I'm not Church of Christ, but uh, I'm very much spirit-filled, not to say they're not. But uh, my father was um, raising us in the church and then got disillusioned and and strayed from the church, though he still presented Christ at home. We lived a good moral life. But I remember sitting down one time on a Sunday morning, and my father got dressed, and he was going to church. And I said, Dad, where are you going? He said, to church. And I thought, yeah, right, you're going to church. But he really went to church. He didn't invite us. Um, but that next Sunday morning, I, I got up and I went to church. I was 14 years old. I remember hearing the gospel, and I had heard the gospel all my life. But this time when I heard it, 
It's like I had never heard it. So rather than the pastor making an invitation, he didn't. I asked my dad, I said, Dad, can you ask the pastor if I can receive Christ? Because I knew enough. And so the pastor said, yes, I'll make an invitation. So that night I received Christ. And then that very next week uh, they baptized me on the side of the road, Medina River. And, uh, and that's how I began to learn about Jesus. Now, you said that you were saved then at that point. Now, I know a lot of people, myself included, that initial salvation experience yeah. uh, doesn't always solve all of our problems. We still have some sanctification to work through. Yes. What was your experience in in uh, maybe those formative years of coming to a full uh, expression of your faith where you're not just born again, but you've actually made Jesus Lord of your life? Yeah, from Savior to Lord, Lordship. Um, it, it was a process. It was a process. Uh, I, I was born with uh, weaknesses and proclivities and tendencies. And uh, I learned through other men uh, how to serve Christ. And I learned through other men in the church how not to serve Christ. And so God had to teach me to be a disciplined man uh, with one woman, to how to be a disciplined man in my conversation. And uh, that just came through direct teaching and people teaching me, that's not how you should talk if you name the name of Christ. That's not how you should you know, handle your, your view, you know, uh, everything about you. It, 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 it's work. It is. Yeah. It's work. That's why the Bible says to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, right? It's work. Well, Pastor Conrad Palacios, you know, you're, you're now the pastor at the the river worship center, but what, what caused you to pursue a lifestyle of ministry? Where, where did that calling take place? Uh, as you mentioned earlier, you were called at a young age, but what made you to decide to actually spend your life in the ministry. When I was 15, I started a Bible study at my middle school, at Wren Middle School here in San Antonio on the west side. And uh, I remember when we had that Bible study, at that time I had 150 students. And it, I'm not going to say it just came natural, it just happened. But uh, I, I went through a major depression not long after that. And uh, it was quite a major depression. And uh, I was actually, Micah, on the way to a mental institution. That's how bad it got. Wow. And uh, I could share some details with you, but it was just, I was going crazy, literally. And um, I remember one day a teacher in school came up to me and he told me, Conrad, um, you know, Peter, one day he looked at Christ and then he took his eyes off Christ and he began to sink in the storm. You know, I used to cry so much, I literally couldn't open my eyes. It would burn when I would cry. And I remember that he said, but if you keep your eyes on Christ, you'll always stay on top. And once again, like with salvation experience, blinders came off of my eyes, and I just snapped out of it. Wow. I remember my mother took me to the pastor's house at that time, and he said, uh, Conrad, God has called you into the ministry. And then shortly thereafter, I began to serve the Lord more. That church broke. I ended up going to another church. And I remember I was feeling kind of down one day later on in my years, and I remember the pastor coming into the restroom of the church, the pastor's father of another church, and I remember he said, Conrad, I see that you're a little bit down. And I just didn't know what was happening in my heart. And, and he said, you know, Conrad, God has called you to preach. And right there in the restroom, he laid hands on me. Another deacon came in. and his, I don't have glamour stories, but that's what happened. Right. Another deacon came in. And right there in the restroom, they laid hands on me. And they said, God has called you to pastor. And so I was about 16 years old. And, um, and that's how it has been for me. You know, Pastor Conrad... 
you talk, you're talking about you had some humble beginnings, mm-hmm. so to speak, but now you've been able to transition and, and you have uh, you have a church, you're at the, the River Worship Center, <clears throat> you're the senior pastor there, and you've, you've been able to even connect with some, so, some really, really amazing people. And uh, I, I know there's maybe a little bit of a rags to riches sort of story there with, with how you came out of uh, your call to the ministry being in the bathroom of a small church maybe, but mm-hmm. now you're, you're connected with, uh, with Bishop Jakes. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, how that transpired? Yeah, you know, um, when I started in the ministry, I really didn't understand the concept of what it was to have a spiritual father. And I remember one time late at night, I got a phone call, and uh, somebody was sharing with me. They heard, heard I started a church, and they asked me about that. And, and it was really weird. It doesn't sound normal, but I met with them. It was midnight. They prayed for me, and they prayed that God would send me a pastor to be under. It didn't make sense, but it was for me. It was God. And um, I came up under Bishop Jakes about 13 years ago. I went to Dallas, and uh, I was the first school of pastors here ordained out of Dallas, been with them since, and have had the opportunity to meet him many times. Uh, my church is named The River because one of his associates is Cheryl Brady, and she pastors a North Campus but also has The River in Raleigh-Durham, and she personally has played a role directly in my life as well. And so the Lord instructed me to name this church after her church, The River. Um, but, yes, I have met many people. It's uh, It's covenant. It's relationship, and through that, um, I've been able to connect with other people in mighty great ways. Now, I'm also consecrated bishop under an organization out of California called International Anointed Ministries. And uh, five months ago, I became bishop, and we have about 400 churches in 10 nations currently. And we'll be meeting in July, and I'll be preaching for the General Conference and Convention there in Los Angeles. But I'm my direct covering is Bishop Jakes. I simply serve that organization and my ability to go in, structure the churches, and bring disciplinary action and order to the churches. So you serve as an oversight uh, personnel there. Yeah. Well, you know, you said something in your in your conversation there, Pastor Conrad, that a lot of people may not completely or fully understand. And I think it's an important issue that needs to be addressed in our in the church today, and that is the issue of spiritual fathers. Yeah. You said you didn't know what it was to have a spiritual father, but but you know there was a connection that needed to take place. Tell us a little bit more about how you view that as a vital part of the church. I think that's a a, a gift that many people have not opened up in the body of Christ. You know, 1 Corinthians 4.15 says, do you have 10,000 tutors or many instructors? You have one One father. father. That's right. And uh, Bishop Jakes is not, I'm not connected to a name. I'm connected to a man. And when uh, I hear him, what he says resonates in me. And uh, when we submit to those that God has placed over us, then he allows us to rule well over those that he's placed under us. And, uh, I have really learned a great deal. But, yes, the concept of fatherhood is a principle that many fight. But um, we're not called to be members of a gym. We're not called to be members of a church. We're members of the body of Christ. But on a very personal level, if the family represents the structure of the church, then God has given us fathers. Paul said, he said, Timothy, my son, Titus, my son in the gospel. First John talks about how he talks about my sons and my children and my young men, levels of development as sons. And I believe that we have a lot of people running around and really what they're wanting to hear is not just a pastor. They're wanting to hear a father. And um, that is a great subject to tap into. Too much to speak of right now, but... Sure. Um, I, I challenge people, you need to find out who it is. And then we would have less church hopping. Very true. And, you know, you said something significant there, Pastor Conrad. You said it was more, 
it was not about membership it was about relationship that's it and uh how why why do you think we get that crossed up why do you think that's been such a big issue for us because the eye gets in the way we have we come into the kingdom with agendas we come into churches with self agendas rather than uh god's agenda whatever you want me to do i'm willing to do lord and um, we have forget that the kingdom of God is exactly that kingdom, not democracy. And when we hear what the word kingdom is, our democratic mind wants to associate it with dictatorship sure. and right. communism. Right. But it's not when you have a benevolent leader like Jesus and benevolent representatives of Christ through the fivefold ministry in the church. You know, you're talking about so much there that that I wish we could get into, but we just don't have time. So mm-hmm. um, but in in coming out of that, what? What has been your decision to actually pioneer a work then in San Antonio? What caused you, Pastor Conrad, to decide uh, we need to we need to start a work uh, called the River Worship Center on the south side of San Antonio? You know, um, it's it's not this great epiphany I had. Um, I can honestly say when I started this church, it was just something that if I could just be open, I, it, it it began. But I also began it about seven years ago when I went through the a divorce. I had another church, 300 members, growing strong, doing well, uh, had left all that so that I could recover, and um, I had people who believed in me. Uh, I'm here not because I started a church. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm here because people believed that God had called me to start a church and nurtured me and healed me and poured into me, and then I accepted it. It's kind of backwards. You know, usually somebody has this great vision and they start a church. But I did it, and then I realized I'm supposed to be doing this. Right. And I've done it, and once it it clicked, it just, I've just taken, I've taken a hold of it. I'm a man of passion. I'm a man of determination. And I always tell people, if you want to stop me, put a bullet in between my eyes. (laughs) And if it's not God's will, it will bounce right back off, and I will just keep on doing what I'm doing. You know, that's really powerful, Pastor Conrad. I think a lot of people, you know, to speak to what you're talking about, and maybe if you could expound a little bit on that, I think a lot of people, they they have this concept that God has called them, or they're looking for the call of God. They're, they're searching for something, that one thing that God has for them to do, and in, and it almost handicaps them as a believer and as a as a member of society. It handicaps them to take advantage of, of what the Lord has put around them and the different opportunities that exist. How do you, in your mind and in your spirit, Pastor Conrad, resign yourself to the fact that Lord, the Lord has called you to something, but not so obsess over mm-hmm. that one thing that you miss life, so to speak? I don't know how true this is, but I think I heard one time when a 700 Club might have been on the verge of shutting down. I think I heard Pat Robertson had a meeting, don't quote me on it, but he pretty much said, well, if 700 Club is, is over, Pat Robertson is not over. And I, you're right. Uh, I am not the River Worship Center. The River Worship Center belongs to Jesus Christ. Right. And there is more to me. I do want to do more. I do want to be an investor in restaurants. I do want to get into real estate and do all those great things. But um, I have just learned also this, that if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to have to lean on Jesus. My spiritual father, Bishop Jake, says, just to quote him, he says, never trust a man without a limp. Speaking of Jacob. And so I've learned with all my deficiencies, even as a pastor, if I just lean on Jesus, he'll make me look like I'm, well, he'll make me walk straight. 
Right, right. That's you're saying so many good things there, Pastor Conrad. Um, and and you know, I, I know that the River Worship Center is going to be continue to grow and thrive mm-hmm. the way that that uh, that the Lord wants it to, and as He breathes life into that. But you said something very crucial, I believe, in in that last portion, where you talked about how it's it's all the Lord's, and there's different things that you desire to do, and different things the Lord has brought onto your uh, into your mind and into your heart, and uh, and you're going to continue to to pursue those things as He gives you the ability. How do you, as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, as as a man of God? maintain that balance between heaven and earth, so to speak, or that, that balance between being a man of God, being a man of vision, being a man of passion, being all of those things that we're called to be as, as believers and, and especially as a spiritual leader in the body, but yet not losing your humanity. Well, uh, I don't believe heaven and earth was supposed to have a seam. I believe it was supposed to be seamless. But for those people that are if I could say a little bit too spiritual, Um, uh, you just have to understand that we're a kingdom of priests and kings, the sacred and the secular. We can move in different areas. Um, I'm a product of big thinking. And so the way I do it uh, is I just stay uh, very relevant. And how do I stay relevant? Uh, I don't stay cooped up in the church all my life. I do watch regular regular news and and all things of sorts. Uh, I, not all my friends are Christians. You know, Jerusalem was funded by a king who loved Nehemiah. Mm-hmm. He didn't love Nehemiah's God, right. but he loved Nehemiah. And so what I do is I just make sure that I'm out there networking with people, not just in the church. Uh, one of the things I do in my community as a church to stay relevant is I network with businesses. I network with businesses. Um, I go out there and I speak with people. And uh, I expose myself, Micah, to, to um, like you talked about, education and things of that nature. And I realize the whole world is not saved. Right, right. And I'm not intimidated by secular education. Sure. I can learn what they learn and still be grounded in what I know to be true. Right. Pastor Conrad Palacios of the River Worship Center. Is there a specific set of core values or, or kind of a ministry philosophy that you use as uh, as the River Worship Center is is being established, uh, is there is there kind of a, a list of core values or something at the root or the base of what you do uh, week to week that kind of guides the vision? Uh, in a very broad general stroke, I do quote for the scripture to our church, and we even have a banner in our sanctuary that says, "I must be about my Father's business." So what that means is everything I do must be God. You know, when I first met my wife, I remember she made this statement to me. She said, I want to make sure that I don't put you before God where I'm loving you so much. And I said, oh, I don't have that problem because I don't live two lives. If I'm spending time with you, it's time God has ordained. If I'm eating with taco with somebody at church and I love to eat tacos, <laughs> it's time God has ordained. Yeah. Mike, I live one life. Right. And so everything I do is about that. And so that means uh, that with encapsulated in that comes everything that Christ has taught us. Like I mentioned earlier, integrity, loyalty, faithfulness, uh, being honest. Uh, and so I must be about my father's business. Being here today at Kesselar is the father's business. Pastor Conrad, that perspective, maybe that's what's missing in reaching the next generation of, of people. It, it seems like uh, if you look at demographics, if you look at statistics, the church is increasingly losing its hold on, on the next generation. And how do you, Pastor Conrad, 
take that message that you just spoke mm-hmm. and relate it at the River Worship Center to the next generation and, and, and see things translated to them? Well, they hear me preach, but they hear everybody preach. Even their friends preach. I'm not talking about the gospel. They hear a message. So when I'm off the, when I'm off the stage or when I'm off the pulpit, uh, I make my way to people. I hug them. I let them know I love them. Uh, I laugh with them. Sometimes they hear me laugh about things that they thought, oh, maybe we shouldn't, you know. <laughs> and I'm very, very open and very real with people. Right. And uh, sometimes if people can't handle that, but I, I believe Jesus laughed. I believe he went out, sure. and if he could, he'd probably need a taco with us. So <laughs> I'm just very real, and at the same time, I let people know Jesus is very real. Right. There's not a conversation or anything we do that Christ is not there. Right. And uh, and that's what I do. And 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 um, at the River Worship Center, we do have a lot in our youth group, like in any church, troubled youth, and we just got to love them. Right. Because in the end, it doesn't matter what package or what product you give them. What matters is you got to love people. Right. And that's I good. love these kids. Yeah. That's good, Pastor Conrad. If you were gonna, if you're gonna leave the listeners with with the thought about what is unique about the River Worship Center, what would you say to them? Raw, I would say raw. I know everybody says you've never been to a church like this before, but uh, you're just gonna leave free, free. I've always told our people, this is a church where we draw the line, and I dare you to cross it. <laughs> you know, and one of the things about the river is it represents that. In the Bible, if you see throughout right. the Bible, it would say, when we were on the other side of the river. Right. Even Jesus didn't start his ministry till he went through that river. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also tell our church, you know, John the Revelator said in the book of Revelation that his voice sounded like the sound of many waters. And so Jesus said, when you worship, rivers of living waters will come out of your belly or flow out of your belly and i tell the church when we all come together and we put all our little waters and worship together we sound just like the voice of jesus and that's what you're going to get at the river you're going to get a clear voice from god you're going to see true genuine worship it sounds like any church would say that but you got to experience it and uh, we're a church for the whole family we have elderly young you name it we've been on the south side four years and uh, we do have a bible study off of bandera road that's going to become a church I'm currently looking for a location in Church, Texas. Been working on that two months and uh, launching out of the ministries, you know. That's good. Now, if someone is on the south side mm-hmm. um, and they, they want to come to the church, when, when can they come? What, what services do you have? Yeah, we meet every Sunday at 317 King Avenue off of uh, New Laredo Highway, in between New Laredo and Somerset Road and Military Drive by the Sams. Um, and we meet every Sunday. We have a worship service at 915. If that's too early, we have a worship service at 11 a.m. And if they like, we can come. To, they can come to a Spanish service at 1 p.m. Now we just started five months ago. Okay, and they can also call you uh, at 210-927-3668. That's right, 210-927-3668. Or you can email at theriver17 at yahoo.com. Correct. Where else can they find you on the web? Well, you know, right now, if they want to go to Facebook, they can look up the River Worship Center. And, and that's facebook.com forward slash the River Worship Center. You got that. All right. Well, Con- Pastor Conrad, mm-hmm. we want to thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure and uh, wish you all the, all the best. And if you're looking for a church on the south side, go check out the, worship, the River Worship Center with Pastor Conrad. That's right. Well, thank you for joining us for the Church of the Week feature uh, with Pastor Conrad Palacios, I am Micah Coop, and keep listening to AM630 KSLR, The Word in South Texas. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. 
We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.